be so lonesome I never had a friend Always looking out for number one Didn't know where I was going Didn't care where I had been Life I lived that had me on the run One day Jesus found me and took my sin away Showed me what I thought I'd never see He put me in his family And he's with me to this day Let me tell you what salvation means to me I used to be a blind man But now my vision's clear Mercy came and drove the shame But Jesus, he drives out every fear Stronger than I thought I'd ever be Can't tell you why he loves me As bad as I had been Why I'm worthy of this life of victory I know I'm not a scholar just a sinner saved by grace, but I can tell you what salvation's done for me. One day when life is over, I'll go to my reward. I hope I see them all there. Where heaven waits for those who've been set free. Well, saints from all the ages, in the presence of my Lord. This is what salvation's done for me. I used to be a blind man, but now my vision's clear. Mercy came and drove the shame from me. There's peace of mind with Jesus. He drives out every fear. Stronger than I thought I'd ever But I can tell you what salvation's done for me. Oh, I used to be a blind man, but now my vision's clear. Mercy came and drove the shame for me. There's peace of mind with Jesus. He drives out every fear. I'm stronger than I thought I'd ever be. I can't tell you why he loves me as bad as I had been. Why I'm worthy of this life of victory. I know I'm not a scholar, just a sinner saved by grace. But I can tell you what salvation's done for me. 
just want to say, when Duran was singing, <clears throat> I stand amazed. If someone takes your ability to stand, when you get it back, you're going to stand and praise Jesus. He's worthy to be praised. And I think about people that are hiding in other countries, like they're not able to stand and profess their love for Jesus. So this morning, because you are free in Christ, we have the ability to stand and praise him. And so you might be struggling, but you can still be happy. And this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you've probably heard, but we should be talking to Jesus as he's our friend. So he's, he's the sunshine. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, 
Your name is power, Ray. 
faith it takes to come out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's calling out my name the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed
preach for you today and I thank God for the holidays I want you to say one thing and it's I've been sitting there all day thinking about this all morning Christmas comes and goes but Jesus Christ is forever Amen. you know what we celebrate him in January we celebrate him in February and March there ain't a month that we don't celebrate and let me tell you something else God's telling the church go forward quit looking back Praise God, we had a Christmas and we survived it, and we're probably all broke, and we're all sitting here wondering how we're going to pay our bills. But you know what? The real truth is, heaven is never broke. He has an open table to every one of us, and I praise God for his grace and mercy. I praise God that we fight through to go through Christmas, we get right up the next day, and we go forward. Why? Because we got something alive bigger than Christmas. Praise God. So this morning, I'll talk to you a little bit. If you would, get out your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. So, started off this morning. I know many people already know. Um, my wife and I are youth group leaders. But I want to tell you how proud of youth group leaders that we are. See... The Lord had came to me, and I want to talk about how, how this came to be. I know that uh, you see Bob Stanley. He, he's dressed down today for a reason. He wants to support what the Lord's doing, and I thank him this morning. So the Lord had came to me, and he had said, I need you to give this group a name. He said, I need you to give them an identity. Said, okay. So I'm listening. So I began to look up names because, see, I didn't get the answer right away. I began to look up names. I looked up, you know, and I found that other group, youth groups are doing something similar, but nothing quite fit. And the Lord was working on me. He says, Use your resources. I thought, Who in the world's my resources? So I said, Cole. I see him up there. And I said, Hey, brother can you help me he says yeah I said 
I've got this name that's actually numbers. This is called 180. And I said, I, I know that we want a life change, right? So we want to do an about face from the direction we're heading. He's like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, he said, I can help you design that. And I said, I was hoping you would be able to help. So we come up with this design and logo, and we come up with you know, different, different apparel and things just to you know, try to get everybody on board. And he perfected it, man. I mean, two weeks of working on it. Hey, no, this ain't right. This ain't right. He drove, he drove Sky and Cindy absolutely nuts. But it was a work for the Lord. Do we not give our best? Cole gave his best. And the Lord will reward him. I can thank you, but it's just my thanks, right? But the Lord is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he was diligently working on this. And so he says, hey, he says, I looked it up. Do you know that there's only one chapter, one verse 80 in the entire Bible? I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, let's read it. So we'll start off there and we'll end there. And it says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. This is speaking about John the Baptist. And although I'm telling you how this came to be, this is not what my message is today. So I said, man, I said, that's awesome. What is the message of John the Baptist? Prepare you the way of the Lord. So as time went on, we focused on preparing the way, preparing the group to be released into the world, right? Or so I thought. There's, there's something greater, greater than than just the name, greater than what's just going on. So the Lord took me back to the beginning of Luke, and that's what I want to talk with you about today. I want to talk to you about a priest named Zacharias. Who here is familiar with Zacharias? All right. And I know that not too long ago you guys had a Sunday school lesson on it, but I'm telling you, the Lord kept dealing with it. I had already prepared another sermon about the brazen altar and about how even as the son of man, you know, uh, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the son of man be lifted up. Had all that broken down, we was working on it, and the Lord said no. And then Tim last week talked about Elijah, right? Talked about preparing a way. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to be a part of it. Do you want to be a part of what he's got going on today? I tell you what, when they sang holy, holy, I don't know where your mind goes, but this time of year, I could just picture myself having the fortune of being in the stable, praising the Lamb, seeing His star from the east. I thought, man, how wise were the wise men? They had the wisdom of God. How awesome was it that they came and they worshiped and they brought gifts and they paved the way. And I'll touch on some of that a little bit later. But let's get into Zacharias for a loose time. It says, in the days of Zacharias, this is just, I'm just going to give you an overview. In the days of Zacharias, the leaders in Jerusalem had become corrupt. And some people desired a spiritual reform. Does that not sound like today? So I'm going to parallel everything in this message with today. And at the end of it, I hope you'll get it. And the, but the sin. Now remember, we have some people desiring reform. 
spiritual reform. Do we not have some good people out there? We do. We have some people desiring spiritual reform. And it says, but the sin of the Jewish people had separated them from their God. Unbelief had come to permeate an entire family. And as people ignored the word of the Lord, separation began. How many church services, DJ, have we set in where people are ignoring the word of the Lord? How many times do we feel the tugging at the heartstring at altar call? And we reject the leadership. We reject what the Lord has said to the servant. Do we not? I mean, I think we can all find ourselves guilty from time to time. I ask you today to not reject. It's not my leadership, but it's the leadership that God gives through the chain of command. Right? There is a setup that God has put in place. So Zacharias, who is he? He's a priest. Back in the reign of King David, he had divided the priesthood into 24 divisions. Zechariah was a part of the priest of the, and I'm going to say it wrong, Abiha division. And I know it's of the course of Abia. But I found it interesting when I found out that he was of the eighth order. I know Matthew's smiling at me. He's like, I know, he knows numbers. Eight means new beginnings, right? How awesome is that? So he was also the husband to Elizabeth who was the daughter of Aaron. So we see here good things are about to happen, right? We see good things happening. All right, let's go ahead, and we're going to jump into some of the reading. And it's going to be a lot of reading, and I apologize. This is the best way that I feel like I could get everything that the Lord wanted me to get out. So we'll start in verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. What is specific about King Herod? We had Solomon's temple that was raised up. It was built. It was tore down. And King Herod the Great is going to raise up another temple in which we have Zacharias working. But we know that a third will be raised one day. Right? So it says, In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Keep that in your back pocket. You need to know that. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. How many knows to be barren in the days of Hebrew is to have a reproach, right? To feel like you've been dealt with harshly. And they were now older in years, beyond the age of procreation. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his courts, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So something I want to bring up in verse 8, the order or his course had a period of time. I know there may be a lot of people that I might bore you with this. You might already know it, but I'm going to get to it anyway. The period of time, and to be exact, it was one week twice a year. And in verse 9, the word custom means to be an example of or to be as usual. So if you have a custom 
it is something you are going to do every year. Or that initial custom is the example of how things are to follow all of the following years, right? So he was in proper way. He was in the custom. And it says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel had said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink no wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God, and shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts to the children, and the disobedient to the Lord. And prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, For I am an old man and well stricken in years. I love this next verse. I don't know if, if any of it. I am Gabriel, God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So we have here Zacharias, who was met by Gabriel, the messenger angel. He says, you're going to have a son. But what did he say before? He said, your prayers have been heard. I've seen a lot of split commentaries on this. Read the Bible and get your own word. I do not believe that Gabriel, or excuse me, that Zacharias is in there in his old age praying that God give me a son. God give me a son. I know you're able. Because what happened? He did not believe in his heart. He never spoke of his mouth, but he did not believe in his heart that God could produce him a son. More than likely, he was in the holy place, burning incense, prayers of the people. He was tending to the needs of the nation. He was tending. His prayers were going up for the needs of the nation. I know that there is many church houses today that prayers are ascending for the needs of the nation. Zacharias was righteous. By the law of God, he was righteous in every measure. And the Lord said, I have heard you. But he believed him not. So the Lord said, quiet. You won't talk anymore until I say you can talk. So he had given Gabriel the power to close his mouth, right? So he says, thou shalt be dumb. But he also told him his name shall be John. I want you to remember, too, Zacharias is a man of custom. All right. Moving forward, we're going to go to verse 57. Mary's important, too, but we're going to pass over it for the, the sake of time. And it says, and now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son, and her neighbors and her, neighbors and her cousins 
heard how the Lord showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. Why is Elizabeth rejoicing? She's about to deliver a son. Her reproach was removed from her. And being righteous and holy of the Lord, she knew that God was going to use her son. And it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, his name shall be called John. She knew what the Lord had planned. She had been visited. How many of you are being visited in your prayer closets? And you know the signs of the times. How many of us are witnessing? How many of us are winning? How many of us are worshiping God? She said, His name shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father. Remember, he was dumb. He couldn't speak. He's relying on body language, sign language. It says, What would you have him called? And he asked for a writing tablet. And he wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all, and his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue was loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came upon them that dwelt around about them, and all these things were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all that they had heard, they laid them upon their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And it says, His father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And he hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spake by his mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to be remembered his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant to us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And thou, child, shall be called the great prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. I want to tell you today, the day spring from on high has visited our service. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. He has met us here. And I'm going to go over some of this here in a second. It says to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet in the way of peace. And this is speaking of John. It says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. And was in the desert places until the day of his showing 
unto Israel. I want to tell you that it took the Holy Spirit being on board. You see, John was quieted. And it was customary for the son to be named after the father or after some kindred. And when his mother said his name is John, they said, no, no. We're going to go get the priest, and he's going to fix this. He's going to make it right. But when they came unto him, he obeyed the Holy Spirit. All of these customs were set aside. Everything that was in the culture took back seat when the Spirit of God showed up and he says, I need you to prophesy because his name is John. And the reason his name is John is because the name John means grace or that the Lord has been gracious to you. Amen, he was gracious to me. I could not keep the law. I struggled. The, the Ten Commandments, as easy as they are, I can't keep them. And I, have, I would have to keep going back and back and back to the priest. And he would have to keep going in and crying out for me in my place. But the Lord says, I'll show grace. You see, Zacharias, I want you to know, the priesthood was good. Zacharias was good. In all his ways, obeyed the law. Righteous before God. God enjoyed the communion with Zacharias. You say do away with it what what's going on what he had done is Zacharias was in here and can anybody else get this mental picture in his head and when I think about America he said God helped the nation God touched Jerusalem because our leadership is corrupt we have some that are good some that are coming some that are worshiping some that are doing the right thing but God I do not see a generation behind me that will serve you Send Messiah. And it was already prophesied in Malachi that the priesthood would be corrupted. Do you think, do you think that Zacharias heeded the word of the prophets? I think he did. I think he cried out to God Almighty. He was in the holy place. I want you to picture this. He was in the holy place with the altar. And the priest once a year would put blood upon the horns of the altar. Do not take this altar for granted. There are still horns of the altar that are here today. But by faith and through grace, you have the privilege to come before him in the holy place and grab a hold of them yourself because of Jesus became the eternal high priest. He didn't do away with it. He perfected it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise his name. John had to come so that Jesus could come. John prepared a way. He said that he kept, he was in the desert places. Do you think Zacharias didn't know a good gift when he got it? He said, this is God's gift. I'm going to tuck him away. I'm going to teach him the ways without this corruption. Homeschool my daughter. My son still goes, but I homeschooled him for a little bit. Because we're going to get the ways of Jesus in the back, the youth members that I keep back there. I don't know if you know it or not, but I guard them. I keep them. I see the enemy on them. I see the boys that try to come into the girls' lives. I see the, I see the girls that try to come into the boys' lives. I see them try to live a holy life, 
try to live a righteous life. I see the fight at school. I see the war zones that they're exposed to. I see the social media and how disgusting it is and how it's an open sewer that flows. I see it. I do my best, my wife and I. Do my best to say, God, raise up a standard in between them. God, I ask that you get between them and the enemy. Preserve them, God. Because I'm telling you, they're not graduating out of that class. They're being unleashed into the world. They're coming in to have a showing. They're coming in to be a city set up on a hill. To be a light that shines in the darkness. To be well versed in the ways of God. and the ways of His holy word. It says that when John the Baptist, when his time came, he was born for a purpose. He was born to prepare the way. The Lord says that when he came, he had camel's hair. His diet was complete kosher. We're not going to go into all of it. But his diet was complete kosher. He bore the diet of the priesthood, though he's not a priest. He was set to prepare the way of the Lord. And it says when he showed that he carried the spirit of Elijah with him. They come and said, is that Elijah? As he came out, I think that it was very apparent that he was dripping with anointing. I don't know about you, but you want to get anointed, get by yourself. Get in the desert places. It says that he was in barren lands preaching the gospel. He was in barren lands keeping the word secure. He would not be tainted by today's political. How many of you are tainted today by the politicalness you see and by the bad leadership that our country is setting under? I don't care which one gets in. I ain't the most thrilled. Until they come out and say, one nation under God, and we get back to, in God we trust, type of currency. That's what I want to hear. I want to see some spirit-led men that if we have... The, the sound of war upon our country, that we have national days of prayer and fasting. Did you know that our country once had that? Do you know that if you look back to the first six presidents, maybe the seventh, it says, and I declare, you stay in your home. There'll be no work done today. National day of prayer and fasting because war is upon us, death is upon us, and we need God. And whether you know it or not, war and death is upon you, and you need God. What is going on today is a robbing of the souls. Nothing more. I come to tell you that there was a priesthood, and it was fed. It was fed. Prophesied it would be corrupt. The priesthood cried out. Holy, holy, holy. Send us holiness. God delivered John. For he said, I'll be gracious to you. I'll show you grace and mercy that your mind can't fathom. You cannot understand this grace and mercy. And why the order of it is. But when John came in power and might. He said, I'm going to show you. He said, I indeed, John, I indeed baptize you for the remission of sins. 
because I want to show you what's coming. I want to show you the grace that God has set before you. I'll baptize you for your sins. He said, but there's coming one that will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. And his name is Jesus. And I'm not worthy to unloose even the latches of his shoes. But he will show grace to me. Praise God. You have grace. Unmerited favor. Zacharias set before the Lord. He had to wait for God to meet him here. He says, you burn the incense and you pray. And I'll meet you here. The testimony of the Ark of the Covenant set behind the veil. But when Jesus Christ came and died, that veil was split. It was rent in two. And the holy of holies became exposed. And we were able to walk into the holy place and kneel before a righteous God and say, because you sent John and because you sent Jesus and was gracious to me, I have forgiveness all day, every day. I can touch the horns of the altar and the blood never stops. It never quits cleansing. It was one perfect lamb that took away my sins. One holy lamb that allowed me, it stained the horns forever, that I can reach up and grab a hold of them and be sanctified, set free, made righteous, made holy by the redeeming blood of the Lamb. Holy is He today. I want you to know that you need the Holy Spirit today. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, I challenge you. You could have more of him, right? Luke 24, 49. You don't have to turn there, but you can if you want. I want you to see the necessity of the Holy Spirit. He says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He says, but tarry you here in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I can tell you right now, to live a Christian life in this day and age is hard. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't even send them out to start the churches until they received the Holy Spirit. He said, stay here. He said, you're going to get swallowed up. Stay here. He says, because when I ascend, I'm going to send the Comforter. And he's going to fill you up. And he's going to sanctify you. And he's going to be your ever-present help in a time of need. And he will cause you to even name his son John. If he should so choose to. Today. I hope that you all join me in praying for our youth group. I hope. today and this is my message this is my message today Zacharias cried out send the Messiah none behind me will serve correctly it's prophesied God send the Messiah send him please be gracious upon me today 
How many of you, and I know we've got some amazing young kids here, outside of this assembly, how many of you see a generation behind you that you say, I can gladly pass this torch off to because they're going to serve God with a whole heart. Is it hard to find? Do you, do you trust it? Because the way I see it, John the Baptist is about six months older than Jesus. I think his ministry lasted about three years, right? How many knows that John the Baptist was beheaded, right? It wasn't long until they martyred both. Jesus died for our sins. John died for the cause. He died because the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him to be any different, right? He had enough of God on board. He came in power and grace. He came walking with an unwavering word. I'm telling you today, I do not see a full generation behind me that I think will have the power to drive forward. I know that this group that we've got right now is going to be a city on a hill. And they are going to be the remnant that cries, holy, holy, holy. The group we got, you're going to, they're going to cry, holy. I speak it today. They are wonderful, and they need your prayers, and they need the Holy Spirit. But I think, as we sit as a remnant and praise and worship God, we are actually saying, send the Messiah. I look at the government, I say, God, I don't have hope, I don't have faith. I see socialism, I see injustice, I see everything's fair, everything's gay, everything's this, everything's that. You can't be this, you can't say that. Children are getting called at home because they're quoting uh, lines off of a movie. That I, uh, I think I was told that little Austin, you know, he watched the movie. Hey, get behind me, you filthy animal. Call his parents. It isn't fair. It's not fair. He was being funny. They were friends. There is no fairness. There is sin. I want to tell you, only in Jesus Christ do we all have a way to him that is the only true fairness they're trying to do it all within themselves if the singers and musicians go ahead and come you cannot do it within yourself you need the Holy Spirit while they're coming up today there's something that I did want to bring up the Holy Spirit will help you go beyond your mortal limitations. But I want to tell you about a recent shopping experience I had, given the season, right? So we had a little book that we keep, what we spend on each child, you know, trying to, trying to be as fair as could be. And I looked and I had one child had the least by far. I thought, oh man, three days before Christmas, what are we going to do? So I did what any father does. We pack up. But see, this child was my youngest. That's Brooklyn. She, you can wave hi to everybody. She was my youngest. How many knows the baby gets a lot of little extras, right? Yeah. <laughs> but she's a part of this group that I'm speaking of. And I know that God's got good things for her. So as a father, I want to give good things, right? 
So I went to the store, and I thought, she's becoming a lady. She needs to dress like one, right? So I'm looking around. I take my wife, and she says, oh, you don't want to go in there. I said, yes, I do. She said, it's expensive. I said, well, let's see how much. And holy cow, she was right. <laughs> right? Sticker shock. Boom. And I began to look at it, but I knew that I wanted her to have it. So I said, the lady comes up, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Hey, can I help you with something? Like, yeah, you can. It was a little cringeworthy to see some of the prices, right? But I said, I'll take them. And after I purchased them, I had joy in here. I had joy in my heart because I was able to give a good thing. I was able to array my youngest daughter properly, what I felt was proper. I want to tell you today that there is many of us that won't pay the price to be properly arrayed. And I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about the spiritual. There's a price that's involved. And it's freely given. The gift of salvation is freely given. But to be that horn of salvation, that might cost you something. But John the Baptist today, if you could see him today arrayed in the finest of white, with the martyr's crown that he's going to cast at the feet of our Savior, you would understand how that price is worth it. You would understand about how no cost that you could give could come between you and that arraignment. I come today to say today, the Lord is coming soon. He is coming. The priesthood today, I am of the American heritage. I am a Gentile. But I am also of the heritage of the servant of the Lord. Because he accepted me. And he gave me that access. It wasn't just to the Hebrew children. He gave it to me. And he gave it to you. That I might be arrayed in white. There's a price that's going to be paid. If you will stand. I know today. I had somebody. And how many knows that people at work can be brutal, right? He says, what's with the 180 thing? What, what is it? Looks dumb. I say, you know. It's our youth group seminar. Oh, yeah? So what's it mean? I said, it's, you know, talks about chapter 1, verse 80. He says, oh, John the Baptist? Yeah, I know him. He said, you know he got beheaded, right? I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. He said, I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of people signing up for that one. And I said, there's a difference. His name is John. His name is John because the Lord has showed gracious. He has showed grace unto us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will live a holy life and live out the call that Jesus has for our life. We might be modeled after John, but we worship Jesus. And I want you to know the fullness of what it is today. Please come to Him if you don't know Him today. The horns of the altar are still red as they've ever been with the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lamb that is truly spotless, the one that was slain before the foundations of the world to atone for your sins and mine. 
Praise his name this morning. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory and exalted high. And the train of his John the Baptist. He was the friend of the bridegroom. But my friend is my Savior. He is my Lord. He's my God. He's been visiting me in the night season. And he said, let your first love be the beat of your heart. And he showed me letters in bold letters every letter was bold and i don't know what it means other than he's my everything and it was j-o-i-l-e-t joy let jesus be your joy that he is the joy of your salvation he is the god of all he's your everything he's your life he's your all in all Come, the bride, hallelujah, the spirit and the bride say, come. Oh, the altars are open. Hallelujah, let him fill you. See, the early church, did you know they got filled at the day of Pentecost? Did you know the Holy Ghost was poured out and they were filled on that day? But did you also know that when there was great adversity and persecution came to the church, did you know that they prayed and they prayed, Lord, give us boldness. And do you know what God did? He filled them. He filled them. There was a fresh filling. So if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's not about that. to bless you. He wants to anoint you. There's a lost and dying world out there. Our brother said it's about souls. And it is. That's God's heart. That's why you're here and I'm here. Because he was gracious to us. And 
He wants to be gracious to those out there that are without. And he's saying, come, come. The spirit and the bride are saying, come, come today. Come receive. He will meet you. You only take the first step. Do you remember when you got saved? You took one step toward Jesus. And the grace of God was upon you. about a change worst thing that's happened in America is people are filling up churches and they don't change Jesus died that we can change that we can be saved that we can be rescued from ourselves from this world of sin the 180 is a change you know what it's beautiful to see young people that are really changed not someone that goes to church and puts on a, a, a show or a, or a happy time and feels better about yourself, but somebody that knows they need a Savior and they've changed. God's calling his church to his side. And he's calling all who listen, all who hear. Don't sell him short. He knows exactly what he wants to do in your life. He's not going to tell you to do anything that he don't supply you the strength, the wisdom, and the knowledge to go forward with. Young or old, doesn't matter who you are. Just takes that giving of yourself, like Andy said. More of him and less of me. Praise God. <laughs> 